Robots tending to our every whim seems like something one may only see in science fiction films. But as communities become more urbanized, suddenly this idea doesn't seem so far-fetched. With 5G, we are closer than ever to smart cities, interconnected by AI so that we may experience the world in totally new and exciting ways. My name is Roland Ross, and you're listening to Possibilities, the 5G series podcast only on the Globe on the Radar channel. Here with us today is Mr. Taras Venkovic, the founder of H3 Dynamics, a five-year-old company from Singapore that is building housing systems for autonomous robots designed to support various activities in smart cities as well as remote installations. H3 Dynamics shelter systems connect to the internet, can recharge the robot's batteries and extract videos, images, or other content collected by the robots, making robots truly autonomous. The company developed an AI and an automated data processing workflow on the cloud that then turns all the data required by robots into a broad choice of digital services available for companies or governments. Wow. So, so Mr. Taras, thank you so much for joining us here on the show today. Thank you for having me. I mean, amazing. I have so many questions about the kind of machines you work with on the daily. But before I get into that main question, I have to ask, you know, how are your drone piloting skills yourself? I mean, uh, they're okay, but uh, we've been working to remove the piloting skills question altogether. Uh, because that's a big problem in terms of safety. Absolutely, and, and, and that's what was like so super interesting. I remember uh, preparing for this conversation is just really talking about the autonomy of the robot. So like, are they fully autonomous or partially autonomous? Well, when we started with drones, but we're looking at all kinds of uh, robotic systems right now. With drones and uh, other robots, as you know, today, they're typically controlled by a human being. There's some kind of remote control somewhere and they're being kind of told what to do, where to go. Um, and in our vision of the future, we don't think such remote controls will uh, prevail. Mm. So we think that the robots aren't truly autonomous today. And we've been working on technology that basically makes them autonomous. So there's a lot of interaction that's taking place between humans and robots. and we're just like to imagine a world where those robots are kind of roaming free, just like what you would imagine in a science fiction show. Yeah, that's exactly it. Like, you know, I, I was reading about what H3 Dynamics is doing, uh, adapting to the fight against COVID. I think the, the use cases in, in Singapore, I, maybe tell us a little bit more because I'm super fascinated uh, by what you're using your technology to, to really help humanity uh, against this fight uh, with COVID. Well, when we started five years ago, obviously we did not uh, envision a pandemic such as COVID and the consequences mm. for our daily lives, right? So I think there's a there's a few avenues where our system supports, you know, the running of our world uh, with and with a, a pandemic upon us. So the first topic uh, is uh, telecommuting and teleoperation, right? Yep. So I'm based in Singapore. I think we're all kind of confined. Uh, to our uh, apartments, right? We yeah. uh, we had to stay home for several weeks, and but the world outside still needs to continue operating, yeah. right? So how does that happen? And 
and safety of various infrastructure. You know, think about uh, nuclear power plants. Mm. Think about industrial sites, maybe chemical storage facilities, things that are wow. kind of like latent potential threats, which are out there. So the idea is to, to get a robot to become kind of our eyes and ears, right? And station them at those locations so that we from our homes could actually see what's going on and take actions or decisions on perhaps mm. something developing at those remote locations without our ability to actually go there. You know, listening to what you're saying, um, especially in terms of, you know, robots being our eyes and ears, um, I, I think about how do you do this and kind of say the current environment, say, for example, how would that, like in terms of with 4G and say 5G's role, uh, in that, because you know, trying to telecommute or trying to operate uh, a robot in an older internet connectivity setting, like what would the key difference of why five G uh, will be key in, in playing that role in a lot of those use cases that you're talking about? Yeah, I think the big difference uh, with these robots is that they are collecting heavy data. You know, big mm -hmm. files. It could be streaming of high definition video. It could be high-definition images, thermal images, um, and thousands of them in one, in one go. And 5G is really playing a significant role in, one, lowering the cost of transmitting you know, heavy data, and two, accelerating the speed. Mm. I think that when it comes to live video, for example, uh, streaming live video from... A, a, a faraway location or many videos at the same time is where 5G comes in. You know, saying that, you know, when it comes to these autom autonomous machines aided by AI, you know, how far are we from seeing, say, like self-driving cars uh, as a mainstream site? One of the reasons why I'm so excited about, say, you know, an autonomous robot is really the real-time applications of how 5G uh, could actually help say, uh, the Philippines when it comes to, to, to traffic and, and things like that. I mean, what type of applications do you see uh, in, in that context? There's a lot of people working on autonomous vehicles, uh, mm. especially in, the, in the urban environments. Um, I'd say that we're probably around 10 years away from mainstream. Wow. But, but maybe um, because the, it's not just about the technology, but the regulations also need to catch up. And there's quite a few integrations that need to happen. So there's a lot of integrated uh, ecosystems that need to come into play. But I would say five years from now, we should start seeing self-driving cars operate beyond the kind of lab testing that's taking place right now, perhaps in larger scale testing exercises. I think definitely 5G will help because while edge computing is accelerating, meaning all the computing power being on the vehicle, there's definitely going to be an information exchange between vehicles mm. and also between the vehicle and perhaps a, a greater authority, kind of like a central nervous system, which can communicate with, with the edge. You know what's really interesting? You're actually bringing up a couple of things. One is, would, you know, for our audience, would love to kind of get a, a, a definition of, of what edge computing is so they, so they have a deeper understanding of what we're talking about. And then number two is you're talking about self-driving cars five years from now, but HD Dynamics is actually doing something now. So we would love to know about some potential use cases that you're actually doing right now in real time. Mm -hmm. So being based in Singapore, um, we're, we're surrounded by tall, uh, concentrated 
uh, amounts of structures. Mm. And so the obvious first application and use case that kind of took place here with us is automated inspections of tall structures. Wow. Right. So if you imagine autonomous fly, flying drones that, that, that kind of scan buildings wow. by themselves, collect images in a consistent way, and then come back to some kind of nesting station on a rooftop of a building, maybe taking care of a neighborhood, right? There may be their neighborhood drones that do that autonomously and regularly to just collect this kind of uh, high-definition images. That's one of the jobs that we see this kind of technology being used for. It's the first job. It's about the safety of these tall buildings. Mm. There are actually not enough people to do this job. Okay, it's a very long process. It could take several weeks wow. or months for one single building. So imagine if there's like 100,000 buildings, how long would it take? It's expensive because you need machinery, equipment to basically hoist people. And, uh, and, and usually it's, it's foreign workers that are on the equipment, taking pictures with cell phones or whatever. And it's, a, it's kind of an archaic process and it's not very scalable. So what we've done is we've taken the idea of autonomous robots and AI on cloud to basically use the robots to collect this kind of information. It's a dangerous thing to do for human beings. So we, wow. use, we let the robots fly around the buildings, take images, and then all these images are then sent to our uh, data processing system on cloud, where autonomously, you know, we run this raw data through a workflow automation system. And a report is generated at the end, which mimics the paper report a civil engineer would put together, you know, on the condition of the building. And the idea is that we can do it better, faster, cheaper than the current way. Mm. We also make it all digital, all digital. Right? Wow. Yeah, I think buildings has been the first use case for us because it was a logical one being in a, in a mega city in Asia. Yep. Right? And we think that that's an application that will be required across multiple countries in Asia in the coming years. You know, talking about building inspections, you know, what I love, what I'm hearing, especially when thinking about the application of 5G, is um, how to alleviate a lot of these human-intensive uh, kind of businesses or, or, or opportunities to actually increase the safety uh, for humanity. So, you know, when I, when I think about uh, human-intensive businesses, I, I think about, commerce or, or does this rise of e-commerce as a fast growing space? And, you know, I'm always questioning because, you know, uh, on my end, you know, I, I have a live streaming app and e-commerce is actually one of the fastest growing uh, businesses uh, on my app. And so from an automated kind of robotics context, where do you see 5G um, helping in, say, uh, the fulfillment uh, of e-commerce? Yeah, and it's, it's about friction, right? Yeah. It's, it's eliminating friction wherever possible. You mentioned the front end speed and I would say instant gratification, okay, are going to be the next battleground as 5G comes to bear. So how fast can we receive what we, what we want? Yep. Not just how fast do we buy what we want. It's going to bring about further automation and delivery. And it won't be just drones. I mean, we, we imagine drones will play a role, but autonomous vehicles, you know, robots that are kind of driving Whoa. on the sidewalk, <laughs> roaming around with potentially with with already some some goods in inventory. Because you can imagine that as AI also plays a role, you know, we will be able to understand what are the products 
people are buying the most at the present time, keep them on the on the edge, basically on the devices as they roam the streets to just accelerate the ability to deliver them to the end user. Drones will will also accelerate the delivery. And in fact, the kind of infrastructure we're putting together, which is more of a data-related infrastructure, right? Where we're going to be carrying image data, video data wow. on the buildings, but the same infrastructure infrastructure can be used to carry products from building to building, right? Using those kind of nesting stations. So I think that delivery is is, is coming as a next step. Dang. So okay. So what I'm hearing is the the, the same type of um, systems and shelter systems that you're building to actually inspect buildings could actually then pick up items for delivery and then just deliver it to other people in Singapore. Exactly. There's a huge amount of... Uh, that is so cool. Well, there, there, there are a number of technology streams that come into play, right? Mm. So you've got your hardware, you've got your software, you've got communications, you've got even airspace integration when it comes to flying machines, right? You've got to integrate to the commercial aviation airspace. So mm. we see a three-phase approach and how this kind of technology will evolve. Mm. And we've started on the first phase, which is really about data, okay? So there's a whole data economy, which is already quite significant, which is basically to transform physical world data, which is what we could see with our eyes or hear with our ears or smell with our noses, right? Make that digital and, you know, help form decisions about, let's say, maintenance and operations in a city. That's phase one. Got it. Phase two is you you reuse exactly what you've just done. You modify or you tweak the hardware so that basically you can start delivering uh, goods, right, from one neighborhood to the other. The third part of this is going to be transporting people, right, because the only thing that changes is what the drone carries, right? Data phase, the drone is carrying a camera or it's carrying a sensor, right? Second phase, the drone is carrying a product. And a third phase, the drone is carrying a person. <laughs> uh, so the only thing that changes is, is the weight of what the drone is carrying. But every other technology is actually the same, you know. And if we can develop the technology for the data part, basically we've got it all kind of set up for evolving towards bigger and bigger things. That's wow. how we see the evolution. We're, we're talking about so smart cities and, you know, how much information are we expecting to gather from citizens wearing, say, like a smart device? And, uh, you know, how would that actually affect the overall seamlessness of a city's management workflow? Well, there's, there's a, I think there's a few things that we can uh, apply this kind of technology to. One is location-based uh, information mm. where we could potentially help improve the efficiency of travel, okay? So understanding the peaks and the valleys in traffic, uh, whether it's vehicle traffic or even pedestrian traffic, what times and what locations. But the other part I think is, is about health. And we know that, for example, some of the latest Apple watches are able to you know, measure someone's heartbeat, right? Mm. And check for uh, certain health issues associated to anomalies in the heartbeat. That's a that's super cool. Wanted to thank you so much uh, for your time. I, I think that you know, with autonomous robots and, and those types of things, maybe did you want to share some uh, like a final thought with regards to you know what you see uh, how five G is going to have a fundamental impact with regards to smart cities. Well, I think it's a whole new world that's coming to us. Okay, I mean it's connected everything. 
It's very large flows of data. It's different technologies gelling together, okay, in a way that we mm. haven't seen before, right? It's basically convergence of technology uh, where 5G is kind of the water uh, that makes everything flow, right? Mm. So I would say a world where everything is much more efficient, it's faster, it's responsive, it anticipates on, on needs, okay? in many ways that we just can't comprehend yet, okay? It's going to affect transport. It's going to affect uh, maintenance and operations, maybe waste reduction, mm. new experiences for consumers, okay? It's going to affect entertainment, hospitals, buildings, cars, safety, uh, a lot of things. So it's an exciting time, and I think it's science fiction that's in the making right now. <laughs> Amazing. Wow, well, thank you so much, uh, Daris. I really appreciate it. And thank you guys so much for tuning into Possibilities, the 5G series podcast, only on the Globe on the Radar channel. To learn more about 5G and the endless ways it brings the future closer than ever, please hit that follow icon so you don't miss a beat. You may also check out globe.com.ph forward slash 5G to discover more about this new technology. Catch you guys later.